Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a surplus to play football. Everything with an attitude. Got a family. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Dominic tries to play it against and make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. End zone. This is a mauling, folks. A mauling. Hear the tide, honey badger. I- Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Tom, just like we set our watches back Saturday night, did Alabama and LSU set back offensive football, or was that proof that defense still reigns? Man, that is absolutely proof that defense wins championships. And uh, while we came out on the short side of the stick in that 9-6 to six ball game a few years ago, um, we came out on the nice side of that stick in the national championship game in that slugfest. I love watching these two teams play, man. And um, I, I don't I don't mind a grinded out uh, nasty football game. And so while we can uh, talk about some things on the offensive side of the ball for a minute or in a minute, I um, I definitely enjoy that versus a 60 to 55, uh, uh, you know, Pac-10 football game. Yeah, I agree. I love, you know, every play has a certain weight to it and every mistake has, you know, a criticality to it. And at any point, the axis of the game can shift. And as much as I hated losing that game nine to six, you know, a couple of years ago, that still ranks as one of my all time favorite games just because the tension, just every, you know, you just don't get that type of experience. In, in a in a just a hardcore football game. And so this one was much better because it was that hardcore football game, but we won. But I'll tell you one of the parallels, and we'll get into this, one of the parallels between those two games, and and you know, part of my absolute uh favorite experience with, with that other game a couple of years ago was us going back and breaking it down and then doing the preview preview show for the national championship game and then watching that sort of play out exactly like we played out. That was one of the most satisfying feelings I think I've ever had sitting in the in the uh, the French Quarter after that game, sort of feeling like, yeah, we called this one. And just like that game, you know, we left a lot of points on the board. This game, we left a lot of points on the board, but fortunately, we still accrued enough to win. No, absolutely. Well, what what is the uh, what's the first thing that jumped out at you on offense? Well, I, you know. I could go a couple of different ways, but I think you've got to go Jalen. And I imagine, you know, we're each going to have some strong opinions here. Um, I thought he was masterful. I mean, he still needs to develop his passing game. There were onesies and twosies of plays that I wish maybe we had done something a, a little bit different. But his poise in that house, in that place, and with that crowd is many times is – the Alabama offense was backed up deep in its own territory. The poise and the composure 
even when he made some bad plays, he came back and uh, and then he ultimately led the team to victory. You know, with with a couple of his uh, with a couple of his long runs uh, there late in the game. You know, for my money, you can't beat the poise on this kid. Well, we we spoke a few weeks ago about his poise, um, and that's the only characteristic. Well. There are two things this kid has going for him, which is why he won the starting job. One was one is his poise. Two is his athleticism as a runner. Um, but that's all he's got going for him right this second. Um, we are we are definitely not reading each other's notes today. Um, I, I would not I would not use the adjective masterful. Um, his athleticism allowed him to make a play late in the game. Because they left the safeties out of the middle of the defense, and the linebacker over pursued, and he cut back, and he beat a middle linebacker, and he scored, which was great. There's a lot of quarterbacks that can't do that, um, but you know, this is um, th- there was this is this is the football game like we had a few weeks ago, where Lane Kiffin puts too much pressure on a young freshman to make decisions in a zone read by either being in a pistol or in a shotgun called his number. Uh, either he called it or Lane Kiffin told him to run the ball. We don't know. And um, too many times that was the wrong answer. And so, you know, this, this reminds me about the movie uh, Blindside with Sandra Bullock. And I wish I could have been, you know, I wish I could have been, the character in the stands, uh, you know, just a male figure in the stands. And I wish I could have had Lane Kiffin's cell phone. And I wish I could have called his ass in the first quarter and told him to run the damn ball between the guards because we would have dominated this team. Uh, We would have taken the wind out of their sails and we would have won convincingly. You know, I think we definitely could have uh, run more up, up the middle. But when you know when you look at the the play breakdown, I think it's a it's a little bit of a misstatement to say we didn't run the ball enough because I think we ran the ball you know plenty enough, and and I think the distribution skewed heavily in favor of of the run. So I think it's a little bit you know every, everyone sort of clamors for just run the ball, just run the ball. Oh, we did, we did, we did just run the ball, and 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 we had some pretty good success against a very stout defense situationally onesies and twosies could you have could you have substituted a, a different play for a different result absolutely that never will not be true uh and 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 early in the game i think you're right i think we could have made some hay in the middle frankly i think we probably would have had scarlet or not uh had had he not twisted his knee a little bit or sprained sprained his knee a little bit he came back in the second half and you could almost see the interview uh, you know, with Saban, where the, where he was asked about about Bo. Now, I you know, we were only seeing it on TV that the it had not been called out that he had been hurt. Now, I don't know, like live in the stadium, had it been you know, had, had that been more obvious, I, I don't know. Uh, but Saban seemed miffed that that was that that was called out that Bo had had uh, been injured, and and then of course Bo was able to come back and and play well and had some really nice runs. You know, would we would the coaching staff have called some more physical runs up the middle had he not been hurt? That's an unknowable thing. I like to think that we would have, but you know, it, it, 
I, I don't know how to I don't know how to evaluate that into the equation. Was it all just crappy play calling because the one thing we wanted to happen didn't happen? Or did that thing not happen because the running back was dinged up? No, no, no. Well, not not from my opinion, man. This is this is not a Bo Scarborough. This is Lane Kiffin falling back to his Pac-10 roots and trying to throw behind the line of scrimmage at the start of the game. And so just like he's done in other games where he has consistently tried to throw behind the line of scrimmage, he started that way in this ball game. And if LSU had a quarterback, they would have gone up early on the bad interception by Jalen Hurts on the third play of the game for us. Um, we LSU speed, the only team that matches LSU in speed laterally in the SEC is Alabama. Sure. And so Lane Kiffin should have known better than to try to dink and dunk screen passes to the wide receivers behind the line of scrimmage, that that crap just wasn't going to work. And so he was clearly out-schemed by the defensive coordinator of LSU for the first half of the football game. And when I talk about the running game, it's because Jalen Hurts had 20 carries. Jalen Hurts carried the ball way too many times. And this was not a Bo Scarborough thing, okay? This was a bad game plan of not coming in with your two and three tight ends, or I guess you could stay in your one personnel because your wide receivers are good blockers, but you should have run the ball. And that's why Saban said in his interview at halftime, we've got to run the ball. Well, David, man, it's real simple. On second, on first play of the game, he tries to throw a stupid little dink uh, play to O.J. Howard. They lose three yards because their DBs are very athletic. Second down, Damian Harris gets three yards. Third down, he throws interception. Next series, next series, first down, let's try that little dink to Calvin Ridley. He drops the ball. Second and 10, Damian Harris rushes nine yards up the gut to the 41-yard line, and he's barely touched. Not Bo Scarborough, Damian Harris. Third and one, you're at the 41-yard line, the second series of the game, and you try to throw a gadget pass to O.J. Howard. That was a dumbass play call. It's third and one, and your running back just rushed for nine yards on second and ten to put you at your 41-yard line. You line up, you run the ball, you get a first down, and you keep moving the ball. Quite frankly, you do like LSU did to us in the first half of that game where their fullback got three first downs in a row on third and one. They did to us in the beginning of the game what we should have done to them. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think onesie or twosie, I, I think you're right. You know, Saban was pretty spot on coming out of half saying, actually, we should pass the ball. And, and first play of the second half, we went down the field to our Darius, which really did soften up the defense. And again, it's, it, you know, and, and we can just have different sides on this. I agree, or, or I firmly believe, and you firmly don't believe, that attacking the corners is not necessarily about that being the play that that we're going to build our, our house on. That is about spreading out the defense. That is about tacking edge to edge. That is about getting the defense moving laterally. And it's not just my opinion. That's what Saban says, right? I mean, that's, that's you know, and so I, those are facts that I, I don't want to ignore as part of this argument. 
that and and we also see as the season has progresses progressed the plays that we run off of that and 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 that's been something that's actually been fun to watch as the season has progressed you know more and more we build off of some of those uh, attacking edges and so I'm not just I'm not categorically mad at it like you are because I think there's value uh, to trying to spread the defense. This is just not the team to do it at. Okay, it would have been nice for them to come into this game and say, okay, LSU's been scouting us. LSU knows we start the game with all these little gadget plays behind the line of scrimmage that I can't stand. Why don't we do something different, and why don't we line up and just try to knock them in the mouth and run down their throat? David, on Damian Harris's the first three carries of the game, one went for nine yards and one went for 13 yards. So I guess what I'm trying to say is when the game was over, your tailback had 12 carries and your running and your quarterback had 20 carries. We're not the Auburn offense. I felt like I was watching a little version of Cam Newton watching our offense in that ball game, to be quite frank with you. And so I just don't care for that style of offense. Okay. Now, what did you think about uh, Bo? I, I liked him getting him on the on the toss sweep. I was very excited about that. Or he ran that uh, a couple of times, and also liked the use of. Uh, it's almost like we we you know sort of counterpunched uh, LSU. I thought was very intentional in attacking the edges and really trying to keep Jalen in the pocket. Uh, they actually had a very very good uh, scheme, a very good game plan, and of course they've got the horses to run it. And I liked uh, uh, sort of the, the fake to, to Bo and then have Bo sort of run out and lead block attacking their attacker so that uh, Jalen was able to run. And, again, it's a quarterback run. I know you don't like it categorically, but, but you know, that, that freed up Jalen for a nice run. I thought that was a, a, a pretty clever counterpunch. Um, that's an okay wrinkle. Uh, but, once again, every time I see him run the ball, it just takes one shot, man. One shot, he tears a knee, he's gone for the year. National championship's gone. Um, We've talked about it before, man. I'd like to see him run the ball seven or eight times. LSU's quarterback scrambled one time for like eight yards up the middle. And and I was sitting there thinking – You can't compare Danny Etling. (laughs) No, no. But what I'm trying to say is LSU would have been wise to do that three or four more times in that game just to slow down the pass rush. Right. And because it, it was extremely effective the one and only time he did it. And so Jalen Hurts, I don't question his athleticism. You don't have a backup that you're comfortable with being the guy. If he gets hurt, the season's over. Uh, in my opinion, they're not going to win it if he gets hurt because I don't, I don't think, I think there's going to be a drop off with the backup quarterback. Sure. But if and you so, chain him to the pocket, if you chain him to the pocket, we're not nine and no. I didn't say chain him to the pocket. I'd like to see seven or eight carries, not 20. And so for that wrinkle there for Bo Scarborough to lead block, for him to run around the edge, that was fine. Um, once again, if that was one of seven or eight plays that he ran the ball, it'd be okay. Um, I thought they should have used Bo Scarborough more in this game um, because of his physicality. And so I actually thought that they were a little bit um, – when they brought him in the game – uh, they didn't bring him in the game until the he was the third tailback to come in. And so I was a little surprised that he didn't come in until the very end of the third quarter, and he didn't get his first carry until the, fir- the third quarter was almost over. And his very first carry, he rushes for eight yards. 
um, out of bounds. And so um, I, I thought that was, I, I thought they should have gone to him sooner because it was very obvious to me that LSU didn't have the size up front to stop our running game. And so when Damian Harris was already breaking runs of nine and 13 yards, I would have brought your battering ram into the game again sooner because you saw how he did on those runs in the second quarter where he literally just was a bowling ball. Man, I'd have brought him in, and he would have had 30 carries in this damn game if I was Alabama. I would have just absolutely – yes, we ran the ball 51 times, but we didn't let our big uglies really go to work. And that's – this this was a game, David, like years ago when – I don't know what year it was that Mississippi State just ran the ball down our damn throat because they had the big uglies just to do it. We were on skates. They would have been on skates in this game, and we could have dominated the time of possession, and we could have won 24-3. to Well, I, I definitely think we had additional points on the board. I do think, I do think that you know, there, was, there was an interlude in the game where I think Bo was potentially unavailable. And I do, I do wonder, and, I, and all it is is speculation, but I do wonder had he not you know, you know, dinged himself – uh, and we've talked about maybe is there some some mental baggage that he carries around with that because he does have a history of injury. And so does he feel sort of an amplification of, of something and it takes him a minute to kind of get over that? Um, had that not occurred, I, I imagine we probably would have seen four or five more carries from him. That's not, well, you, know, 30, well, you know, obviously that's a that's a different animal. But, you know, if he's if he's got four or five more carries uh, and 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 he's producing, and we're able to run some power in the middle, I, th- I think that that does sort of change the tenor of the game as well. Well, here's what I'll tell you. The first drive in the second quarter that we had the ball, he has uh, a rush for six yards. Two plays later, he has a rush for 11 yards. And you don't see him again until the very end of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So my point is, that seems like a long time, right? The beginning of the second quarter through halftime, sure. you come out third quarter to the very end of the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, that's, so, a, that's, a, that's an hour, right? I mean, that's like literally that's, that's, that's longer than an hour. So I'm just saying if he was going to go and he could go, you know, I'd have trotted him out. The, I would have told these guys in the locker room at halftime, dude, man, we are not running the ball like we need to. Because he said at halftime. His interview said, we have got to commit to the run more, and we have got to stretch the field. Mm-hmm. You're correct. He needed to get the ball to his talented wide receivers. I totally agree. And guess what sets that up? A great running game sets up a play-action pass. And so I just I, I wanted to see Jalen Hurts under center, man. I, I, I tried to count. I bet you he was only under center one or two times the entire ball game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that just, I, I just don't like seeing shotgun after shotgun after shotgun after shotgun. Hey, what did, what did you think, of, you know, kind of as we're talking about the run here, sure. you know, what did you think as, as this game was scoreless and, and here we are sitting here in the third quarter and we come out with that pass to our Darius Stewart for 52 yards. It puts us at the eight yard line. Okay. First and goal at the eight. I sat there and told the people I was watching the game with, I said, first and goal on the eight. I said, if it was me, I said, I'd, I'd bring out Bo Scarborough here if he could go, or Damien if he can't, or Jacobs for that matter. And I said, at the eight-yard line, after what I've seen in the first half, I'm running the ball four times and I'm scoring a touchdown. We rush first down. We get three yards. Now it's second and goal at the five. 
Damon Harris rushes again. They don't get any yards. But third and goal at the five, um, are you surprised? Are you surprised? See, that's where I'm, I question the 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 putting too much pressure on the quarterback because I don't know if you remember that third and goal at the five, but Jalen was doing a read play. He faked it to Damian Harris and he ran outside and lost uh, ran outside to the one yard line. Had he handed the ball to Damian Harris, Damian Harris had a huge hole right over the left guard and center, and he would have walked into the end zone. Absolutely walked into the end zone. And so I just think, you know, I was shocked right there at the goal line that we just don't line up first and goal at the eight and just get physical and just do Alabama football. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to there being an option. And I think that – I think both running lanes were open. I think he I think he read his read right. It's just both opportunities were open. And so you take another – you take another – Running back that's not a threat to run, and and probably the middle's not open. So, it, you know, it's hard. It's hard to only want to sort of cherry pick the good on that. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that play call. Uh, when it when it was fourth and one, I'm you know based on based on your breakdown there, I'm I'm assuming that you were in favor of going for it. Uh, again, you may not like the play call, but were you in favor of going for it? Or absolutely would have gone for it. Did not. I I, I would have. I would have not had Jalen Hurts call his number there and lose five yards, but I absolutely would have gone for it. Yeah. And I think, and and again, you know, I think, I think there's, there's, you know, there's fringes where we disagree. I think there's ample sort of middle ground, you know, that's, that's the elephant package, right? I mean, on, on one of those downs, and I don't think we saw it on any of them, at least on one of those downs, if you want to run, you know, if you want to take advantage of having a mobile quarterback there, I don't, I don't have a problem with that, and that's an appropriate place to do it. But I think somewhere in there you bring in, like you said, you bring in Bo if he's available, certainly Damian if he's not, and and you bring in some some tight ends, you bring in a Brandon Green. I mean, you bring in some bodies, and you say, look, you know, we can we can even play a bigger version of Smash Mouth uh, if we need to. And so you, I think you do that at least one of the four plays. And I wish I, I wish we would have seen that on on the fourth and one. Well, and I just think I, I I think the the biggest thing I'm trying to go at here is is this was a this was an undersized they don't have uh, Tim Williams and Ryan Anderson and Jonathan Allen they have nowhere close to that sure. you know what I'm saying I mean they're they're running a three they're running a three four or I guess a three three five most of the game and dude that Arden Key that was standing up outside of you know cam robinson yep while he's a great pass rusher he's 6'6 238 yeah he's only 238 pounds i'd have run right at his butt <laughs> no i i agree and 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 you think about just you know almost like the game in in the game the ball's on the one and so you think worst case scenario is we don't make it if we don't make it we're not going to make it at the one we're not going to not make it on the five. And so the fact that we actually lost yards and really, you know, when you, when you think about, you know, flipping the field and handing them the ball, we actually gave them yards. And so that, that's especially a play where we said, you know, anybody that tips the scales is coming in and, uh, and, and we're either going to get it or we're, or, or you're sitting on the ball here at the one. I think, I think that's, that's more of a subtlety, but I think there's something to that too. No, absolutely. Um, and you were talking about you were talking about you know LSU's scheme. Um, they were clearly 
you know, reading Jalen Hurts and they were going everywhere Jalen Hurts went. Mm -hmm. Um, And so obviously they were trying to keep him in the pocket and they were trying to, you know, they were trying to put the pressure on him for, for him to win the game. And, you know, I'll tell you, man, that, um, that, that interception that he threw, obviously either Stewart, you know, either Stewart was supposed to break the route to the sideline where the ball was thrown and he didn't because um, Jalen Hurts seemed to act on the sideline like like Stewart should have, you know, should have broke that route off to the sideline. So we'll never know, you know, why that happened there. But even even a couple of those other plays where they were they were blitzing off the edges and they would jump up in the air and tip the ball up. Dude, they could have had two more interceptions in that ball game in our in our backfield. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I just I, I just thought that I, I thought that while while he normally shows composure, you don't sit there and throw the ball and let them tip it up to you one time and then do it again another time. I I really think that they had him on his heels. Well, they did, and and it's the kind of thing. What do we say when you know when we play a young quarterback? You know that they've not seen this type of athleticism. They've not seen this type of defense, and it can be true the other way. It can be true that that. You know, Jalen's not seen that. Now he, you know, you could argue he goes against our guys in practice, but you know, under a live fire, he, you could argue he's not seen it either. And so they, they got up and batted some balls that, that he doesn't have batted, right? And so I, I you know, but I think that's your point. I'll give you the first one, but not the second one, right? Right, right. And I, and I do agree that it's very possible that, that, he saw athleticism in his face in this game that he had not seen. And clearly the strength of their team was their five DBs in the ball game. Uh, in my opinion, when they were running a three, three, five, um, they, they kind of stayed in a nickel a lot, which was kind of funny because we talk about it being our base. Um, but clearly I think uh, clearly they had a lot of success of just, of just running guys at him and trying to make him, you know, like in basketball, where teams will go run two guys at the point guard to or the shooting guard to make him give up the ball. Right. That's my analogy. I kind of felt like this game, they were running at him to make him make a decision and give up the ball quickly. How quickly can we get the, the ball out of his hands? No, I think that's fair. And, you know, it's – and this is just a contrast, right, That of, of what we see against or, or what, you know, Jalen and, and our, the Alabama offense sees against other – other opponents, it was a mirror image, right? Because they were they were stu- stu- stuffing and stifling the run with the three three five, right? So they were still playing a nickel. Now they now they were playing a nickel, which they were using that to blitz safeties, uh, and so they didn't really play a true nickel in the secondary. They were just using that to disguise coverages and disguise where the blitz was coming, which is still a clever deployment, uh, you know, of their, of their resources. And their approach was, we're going to, we're going to make this difficult to, to read and, and figure out, but we're also going to, you know, run a defensive scheme and have Jalen try to beat us with the pass, which I think is, and, and again, this, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, pick, pick a, pick a fight necessarily, but, but I, but I think there's a little bit of that that says, how impressive is it that we still beat them in the face of what they were trying to do? We still beat them running the ball, and we still beat them in some regards with Jalen outside of the pocket, which was the exact opposite of what they wanted to do. And you could almost reason, 
you could almost reason that sort of the extra dimension that he brought to the table is what put us over the top. Well, yes, but if you had a pocket passer who didn't have his athleticism, you would have lined up and ran the ball down their throats, and you would have done to them this year what Derrick Henry did last year. You just would have done it with three different tailbacks, and you would have rushed for 300 yards between the tackles, in my opinion, because you would have eaten them up because they were just undersized. I mean, there are two inside linebackers. One was 230 pounds, and one was 240 they just don't have a Reggie Raglan and 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 all the guys, Dalvin Tomlinson. They don't have the guys we have. They just don't have this was the first year that I have that I have looked at the LSU defense compared to our defense and clearly seen uh, a different talent level. While they were fast, they didn't have the freaks who could do all the different things our guys could do. Um, but I will tell you, um, that going back to that third and one play real quick where we tried to pass the ball to O.J. Howard, I guess what I should have said correctly earlier is because we had started off in such bad field position and had the interception early in the game, on that play after Damian had rushed for nine yards, Dave, and we're at the 41-yard line, that was a great opportunity to just quarterback sneak, hand the ball, you know, quick handoff, something, just mm-hmm. move the chains there and flip the field. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, keep the ball because we finally got it on the 41-yard line. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that that right. That's why it probably drove me so freaking crazy. Yeah, and um, to possess it. I agree yeah, with that. And, and, you're, and you're, you know, obviously we did have 51 carries on the game, but 20 of those came from the quarterback. Um, were you surprised that we didn't see much Josh Jacobs when Scarborough wasn't going to be in there for that hour. Uh, were you surprised that we didn't see much Josh Jacobs? He did have five carries, but we didn't see a lot of him when I thought we would see him in that situation. Yeah, he's a player I thought we might see a little bit more of. You know, we've, we've been very impressed with his play earlier in the season. Good vision, sort of good wiggle. Uh, he has had a, you know, a couple of fumbles. They probably all have. I just, I just think that that may have been a situation where we were shortening our bench, you know, you know, to borrow a basketball analogy again, we may have been shortening our bench in, in this type of game. And so it was, J- it was, you know, Damien for a pure running back, both for the size and then, and then Jalen. Uh, and, and then, you know, again, a little bit of Jalen is the run pass option. And so it's a called play, but it's not a called run as such, but I think, you know, but then we did have some called runs with them. And so I think it was a little bit of just shortening the bench. Well, I, I was the reason I brought it up is I was curious if you thought that maybe they just didn't feel like he was effective because Damian Harris had started the game and had some good carries. And then you see Jacobs come in in the last series of the first quarter. Uh, he runs the ball at our two yard line and loses a yard. Mm-hmm. And then later, on a third and one, he gets three yards, and then a couple plays later, he loses a yard. So, so literally on his first four carries in the first quarter of his five carries, he lost a yard on two of who, those four carries. Yeah, I just was so wondering you could, if, you, if you thought that maybe they just didn't feel like it was his day. And it may not have been, and it may have been a quick hook, and it may, you know, it could have been a couple of things. I, I think it, you know, you give him eight or nine more carries, and and, and I think he's gonna you know, he's going to make you a play, but can we afford, you know, 
seven one-yard rushes to get the 12-yard rush. Well, no, I'd rather have, you know, eight, three, and four-yard rushes. So I, I, I think I think I think I think we probably had a quick hook on him, but I, I think we were only just saying, you know, is is he going to be able to fire against this defense? And he's going to have to prove it quick. Otherwise, we're hooking him, and we're going to go with the other guys. All right, tell me very quickly about because I don't think the interception could have been Jalen's fault. As I said, we'll never know. Um, it's not like you know, it's, it's it's not like it was. He threw where he thought his receiver was going to be. But talk about the fumble that he had. Um, you know, even the people I was watching the game with had noticed on a couple plays before how loosely he was carrying the ball. Um, you know, that was all on him. Were you surprised at how he was being real free with the ball in this game? Yeah, he's got he's got a he's got to absolutely work on that. He's had a couple of fumbles. Um, you know, this this one seemed the most egregious. Just just by nature of the way he was carrying the ball. He's got, and, and it's a little bit of when you're a quarterback, you know, you don't sort of tuck it, but, and, and if, and if you're kind of moving around in the pocket or sort of in traffic, you may be, you may be carrying it like a quarterback rather than carrying it like a running back. That doesn't mean you can't secure it, but there's a difference when, when you know, tucking it and getting sort of the three point hold versus, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the darn thing. There's a little bit of difference there, but in traffic, you got to put, you know, two hands on it. You can't carry it out away from the body. Of course, so, you know, kind of the loaf of bread thing. And, uh, and it, it just seemed that he was not taking appropriate care of the ball. And I think that's something that, that he'll be coached up on. But that, but it's also the kind of thing that in a game like this, it can cost you is, is two turnovers, you know, Deep in our interior, we'll we'll talk about this when we flip the field, right? The fact that LSU got the ball on our thirty-three and our forty-two on those two turnovers. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to be conservative and say, you know, that's you know that's six or or, or ten or fourteen points, depending upon you know how you want to grade, you know, what kind of curve you want to grade on. But the fact that they got nothing, you know, we talk like you said, we can talk defense, but it's the type of things like that that can cost you games. And yeah, and and he's absolutely got to work on those. Talk. Well, I do, I do think, I do think what was so frustrating for me at the time about that is because we had such bad field position in the first half, we actually was getting to start off in really nice territory in the second half, <laughs> and then we have that fumble, and I think yeah, that's why it was so. I think that's why it was so, you know, so frustrating. Yeah. What else? What else jumped out at you on offense? Well, talk to me about uh, Lester Cotton and uh, Alphonse Taylor. What's happening there, man? Man, I just don't. You know, I, I wish we had. I wish we had the insight as to you know how severe this was and and what's really going on with Alphonse because they didn't even see him in practice today. Um, and so obviously, you know, he's still being managed through that you know concussion protocol stuff. Um, and I think this was the first game due to the speed and athleticism of the front seven uh, that Lester Cotton was, was, you know, under undermanned a little bit. He was, I don't want to say he was outmatched, but there was a few plays where he tried to get to the next level to the linebacker and, and was tardy doing so. Um, he, he struggled a little bit in pass protection. Um, it's kind of like we just said what Jalen hurts, man, you know, He's blocking against these Alabama guys every day in practice, but for whatever reason, 
uh, it seemed like the speed of this LSU defense affected him the same way it did Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I I agree, and I, you know I I share that space with you. You know the whole concussion thing; it's you just don't know, and so you know I hope the kids I hope the kids all right. You know you, you hear about concussion sometimes they they impact people differently, and sometimes you know players can come right back, and sometimes sometimes they can, and so um, you know not so certainly no disparaging there. It's just a mysterious sort of thing. But uh, I do think that just his heft, right, just his heft and his experience I could have served the offensive line very, very well. And Big that's, time that's, game, possibly, yes. Yeah, and that's not to say anything against Cotton because he has performed well, and he performed relatively well. Again, you know, stepping up, this is the toughest, uh, the toughest test that he's had in, in, his, in his career. And, uh, and and he didn't fail it. He just didn't make an A, right? And so Alphonse probably wouldn't have made an A either. But, you know, he could have leaned. You know, he's got a little more heft. He's got a little more. He could lean on those uh, those interior defensive linemen uh, a little bit more. And I think that uh, that he could probably wall off and create some create maybe some running lanes that uh, that Lester wasn't able to. So. Learning experience for the kid, uh, but uh, but I hope off, I hope uh, Alphonse comes back. I, I think that we could use him before it's over. No, absolutely. Anything else jumped out at you on offense? Uh, I'm ready to hit uh, mini game ball. All right. Well, you go ahead first, so I won't take yours. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but um, you know, I've I've got two that uh, that I could give, but uh, I'm going to go with Miller Forstall. You know, his 22 yarder catch on uh, a 22 yard catch on it was really a, a fake screen he was he was going to be the blocker uh, on a screen uh, you know Jalen sort of pump fake uh, our Darius executed very well sort of jumped up like the ball was it was was maybe loose and forced all escapes and it was a second and 15 we just gotten a penalty and it was you know right uh, you know right just a, a few minutes uh, well I guess it was four minutes left in the, in the third. So it was the opening, it was really the opening drive of that 90-yard touchdown drive. And so on second and 15, you know, he catches a 22-yarder to, to move the chains. That was sort of the longest play of that drive. Uh, I thought that was a really good play, really good. It was a good sort of clever call, and I thought that was good execution by, by Miller. And you talk about a big play on a big drive that uh, won't get a lot of publicity. I think Miller Ferris, uh, Forstall carries the day there. Well, what I will tell you, um, I knew you were going to go there. Um, I will tell you that I didn't dis- – see, that's a play of Lane Kiffin's I didn't dislike. And you know why? Because it went downfield. Okay. It was a very good play call to exploit the defense down the field. Now, now, now I'm going to ask you this. He just, he just Real quick, you and I talk about in the Tennessee game, we talked about because we watched that one together, we talked about how many times – that they have two or three plays that they are showing in every play for the defense. And so what we probably should talk about in one of these podcasts is, is it possible that the freshman quarterback, kind of like, kind of like progressions once a play starts, is it, is it that Lane Kiffin is giving him so, okay, this team is running so many potential plays at the line of scrimmage is it possible that the freshman 
is just going to the first one behind the line of scrimmage more times. Like, could the Miller Forrestall plays be there in other situations and he's just not going there? And so I'm like railing on Lane Kiffin when Lane Kiffin's given him two or three different things and he goes to the one at the line of scrimmage every time? Well, I think I, I think there's – on that particular play, no. But No, not on large, that particular play, but I'm carrying well, that writ, further. Yeah, writ large, absolutely. That play – and so, I mean, I'm going to hit you with a, a one-two punch here, right? That play was a fake screen. And so all Correct. of your little sideline to sideline, you know, yep. behind the line of scrimmage yep. stuff, I don't like it. But that the the play to to Forrestal down the field doesn't work if it's not a fake of a screen that the defense actually thinks that we're gonna run. Oh, I understand. I would still have preferred to to run the ball. Don't don't be I'm acknowledging that the play worked because of the screen. We just called too many damn ones of those a ball game. Well, <laughs> we call way, way how many it takes. We call way too dem- many. Man. I don't know how oh many it gosh. takes to sort of demonstrate a tendency that the defense is going to react to, such gosh. that. So, I mean, I do. If it's one less, then that, then, then that's fine. But I think, I think, and that's sort of the microcosm of that play. I think, I think, on a larger perspective, if you kind of pull back the lens, yes, there are a lot of things, and not on every play. But on, on a lot of these sort of option plays, and we did sort of break it down in the Tennessee game, there were three things happening there. And the defense has to watch all three of them because they don't know what, you know, necessarily is going to happen. Ironically, two of them were, were things you didn't like, a screen on the sideline and a quarterback run. And so we could laugh about that. But but there are a, a plays with a lot of things going on. And that's just one that was because everything was kind of at the line of scrimmage. There's other plays where there's multiple things kind of going on down the field. And so is is there the, the opportunity for us to limit sort of the side of the field that we want a freshman quarterback to look at? Or, hey, this play has a one, two, three, four option. You know, Jalen, I just want you to concentrate on one and two. And it's the whole sort of Nick Saban approach to, you know, there's a whole plate of plays that you can play out of this position. I only want you to learn this part of it. And I'll sub someone else to do the other part. And and then we're going to grow and evolve you sort of over time. And that's where you get a Reuben Foster, who's a senior, that may be the best linebacker in college football. And a couple of years ago, you know, people were saying, is this a guy ever going to play? Is he a bust? And it's it's that sort of thing. And so is he eating from a from a, only a portion of the plate? Yeah, probably so. And so are there things that that are on the field that that he's being asked to sort of ignore because their whole rest of the team still has to sort of play and pull the defense. And so, you know, guys open on the other side of the field. Well, yeah, you're right. He is. And that's going to draw some coverage. And we may look at that on, you know, next quarter or next possession. But right now we're just having Jalen focus on this. Yeah, I absolutely think there's some of that there. And so I think as, as fans, and look, it's easier said than done, as fans, I think there's an opportunity to have a little bit of grace that says, hey, he is just a freshman quarterback for, for as prolific as he looks at times, he's still probably not playing from the entire playbook. No, that's fair. All right, so I got too many game balls here, man. All right. My first mini game ball, um, but we're gonna, it's going to be like the story of Jekyll and Hyde. So on the offense, it's going to be Jekyll, and on special teams, it will be Hyde. 
But for right now, um, we will give uh, Mr. Diggs a mini game ball, part of a mini game ball, uh, for making a huge play in the ball game on a second and 10 pass on the sideline where he was in the game in the rotation. They called his number. He drug his big toe and made a nice catch out of bounce early in that first quarter. Yes. Um, the other mini game ball portion is shared with uh, no other than Mac Wilson, who once again got his name called to come in there at fullback and show his versatility. Uh, I still think we're going to – I still – man, he might be the Jouston Fowler, Fowler for us, you know, a couple years from now that's running that little play at the line – at the goal line. Um, but I just loved him coming in and uh, making a key block there for Bo Scarborough in the football game. Yes. I, can I just go on record as saying I knew you were going to say that? Sure. Well, flip the field on defense, man. What what you got there, man? I, I like I like Calvin blocking at the goal line on Jalen's run. Uh, I do think that that was a pass play, and he just saw the middle of the field open, and, and he took off. I, I'm convinced of that. And, uh, and he did make a couple of very athletic plays, talking about Jalen. But down the field, Calvin, who was not part of the play, was paying attention and then blocked right at the goal line. I thought that was impressive. Um, oh, so you think his touchdown was a pass? I do, I do. Oh, I think no, was, I do. No, I do think it was because he had his arm up and the you know how how you see him do it when he's rolling out, and I think that that there there was, you know, we'll never know. Was it the fact that nobody was open? Or but that or that he saw the middle open up because on that play, clearly, clearly, uh, Kendall Beckwith um, was in the middle by himself, and he floats over to help out with the two wide receivers on the right, which I can't understand why he floated. He just kind of floated. Oh, it's like he was the shadow for Jalen Hurts, and so he floated over as Jalen Hurts was rolling out. And then he kind of looked away for a second. Next thing you know, Jalen Hurts is running at him, and he's like, oh, crap. And he comes up, and the dude's not going to be able to cut on a dime like Jalen Hurts did. No, no. And I think I think even if that was a pass play, he, he has demonstrated some level of decision-making and some level of, of athleticism that, you know, he could claim a green light there when the middle of the field is that wide open. So. Well, well, I will say real quick because I, I think from a passing standpoint, this was you know, like I said, I said earlier, this was not a masterful game by him by any stretch of the imagination. He could have clearly had more turnovers than he did. Um, while he has poise, his athleticism is what won this game. Okay, because that that was the touchdown play, and on that touchdown play. I will say the only two guys that had a shot at him were the two inside linebackers, Duke right. Riley and then Kendall Beckwith. I will say because he is such a good runner, when both of those guys went for him, he timed his jump perfectly to jump away from them to almost like not absorb the blow and not be like tripped up. And so both as he's cutting on a dime, he's literally – he, they're coming at him, you know, two different occasions. He he times his jump perfectly to not let them, you know, just barely get his leg. Yeah, and that and you just can't you 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 can't teach that. No, and so no. that 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 so 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 I will acknowledge that play score that play put us ahead. But if LSU teams of old with 
with, you know, play action quarterback kind of deals who manage the game. And I mean, Danny, that, that kid was just scared from early in the game when, when he got sacked a couple times. If LSU had had a quarterback man, we'd have been down early, early by a decent amount. So, yeah. And, and I don't disagree, but hasn't that been the story of the last 10 years? Oh, no, sure. At LSU? No, 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 absolutely. No, absolutely. But I mean, there's a reason why the last four times they've played, you know, down there, the game's been decided by less than seven points. Right. And so, you know, I just, I'm happy for, you know, as, as we flip the field here, I guess here's the first thing I'll say. It's great to have such a dominating defense that lost all the guys that they lost last year to give the, uh, to give the security blanket, uh, like Linus in Charlie Brown, uh, to a freshman quarterback. Yes. Because yes. there are a lot of teams that don't have the luxury that he does behind him. Yes. So yeah. what's the what's the, what's the first thing that dropped out at you? I mean, so so let's flip the field to defense. Let's talk about that. I mean, it's early in the game. It's the third play of the game. We have an interception. They get the ball on our thirty-three yard line, and um, you know, but this is a different Alabama defense that that you know they're they're playing at a different level than than even you and I thought they would. Yeah, I there was you know I knew that this was a good defense and we've talked about it. We feel like maybe we're thin in some spots and a team you know I at one point I thought maybe it could be an Arkansas. Uh, definitely leading up to this game, I thought it could be an LSU where they could exploit our our thinness. It's not that we're not. It's not that we don't have some numbers and we're versatile. We can give you a lot of different looks, but in the trenches we're thin. I never would have expected. Never never would have expected that we would shut down Fournette again this year like we did last year. I would have lost a lot of money on that type of wager. I just didn't see us having sort of the horses to do that over the duration of the game. And for me, the defense begins and ends right there because, wow, this defense is even better than I thought it was going to be. Well, and I and I think that that speaks to um... – the play of Deron Payne, um, of Dalvin Tomlinson, and of Jonathan Allen. Sure. And and the reason I mentioned those three guys is because Jonathan Allen has been able to push down inside and play inside because of the play of Tim Williams and Ryan Anderson. And so Jonathan Allen, who really should be a defensive end at 291 pounds, is just physically strong enough that he can hold up inside because I didn't count his snaps inside, but he had very few snaps uh, at defensive end in this ball game. Yeah, in fact, you know, Anthony Jennings got a lot more snaps than than uh, than he normally uh, normally is. We brought more guys sort of on on the outside. Uh, now Josh Frazier got some more snaps earlier in the game, uh, especially on sort of short short on those down. third and ones. Yeah, yep. for a short down and distance. Uh, because we needed some beef in there. And so he was, you know, kind of – and all season he's kind of been sort of the next guy, uh, the next guy in, in in that regard. But we saw I, – I, for my money, I saw a lot more Anthony Jennings earlier in the game than I expected and uh, a lot less Deshaun Hand than, than uh, I, I had expected. I don't remember seeing Hand much at all. I don't either. Which was, which was very surprising 
Um, but when you look at Deron Payne at 6'2", 319 pounds, and obviously they talk about his strength in the weight room, you know, for him to be just a sophomore, um, these guys' ability to physically be able to hold up through the game, right, and the mental toughness to hold through this entire ball game without having to be rotated, I mean, th- this is its Jekyll Hyde in itself. Because last year, man, we were running in here 12 guys, mm-hmm. and we're not doing that. I mean, even Rashawn Evans, who we'll talk about in a minute because I want to talk about his sack, he didn't, you know, I don't have his number of plays, but it wasn't very many. I mean, if I you talk about shortening the bench, if we if – we, they put more pressure in this game, in my opinion. You talk about Anthony Jennings, but I actually wanted to mention that we did a lot of uh, a base uh, 4-3 look excuse me, base 3-4 look in this game, and we asked Tim Williams and Ryan Anderson uh, to play in the flats and cover the wide receivers and cover the tight end and cover the fullback in the flats. And um, it was really five guys. Yeah. I mean, if, if I think about it, there was five guys up front that literally carried the load for us uh, versus rotating in 12 guys last year. It's a vast difference. It, it really was. And, and I think it made a big difference. And I think this is where, you know, in, a, in, in truly sort of a seesaw, seesaw game, you know, zero, zero in, you know, into the fourth quarter, it's, it's, you know, when you get just a little bit of wobble, it, it sort of throws things off. And, you know, they ended up, they ended up uh, only running 51 plays on offense, which was, you know, only just 51 plays for our defense. And which was and huge I, for us. It, yes. It, it, it is huge, right? Because it, it, it doesn't exacerbate where we think we have uh, uh, an opportunity to to be exploited. It we're able to mask it, and and meanwhile, and I don't have the count in front of me, but I think we ran, you know, in the seventies. Uh, you know, we ran we ran you know fifty percent you know more plays than than they did, and so that's going to all else being equal, that's going to have a ripple effect against their defense. And, you know, they they experienced that and we did not. Correct. And and to your point, had they had they had 80 plays on us like they've had in years past, I, I think that we would have had to show our cards more. Yes. We, and let me say this. We would have had to take chances more. Right. Now, the other thing I want to mention about this, though, you, you talk about masking it. It's almost like smoke and mirrors. So there's a couple of things this team is doing. Number one is they're asking Jonathan Allen to play inside and they're putting more. Can you see where Tim Williams is gradually getting asked to do more and more of an every down defensive end role? Like he's he's being put in those this, – okay, this was the first game all season that I felt Tim Williams was asked to play like a three-down player instead of just go get the quarterback. Yeah, I think early in the season we gave him a little bit of that, and then it kind of dialed back. But uh, in this game, it did seem to dial back up. So yeah, I, I think that he was in more often. There were a couple of times it seems like I I did see him making plays a little bit, you know, further downfield. And and you know, for the last call it the last month, we haven't seen that. Well, there was a play in particular, and I'm kind of bouncing around, listeners. So I'm I'm sorry. Hopefully, y'all are enjoying this. That. There was there was a there was after the first series where him and Ryan where Ryan Anderson almost knocked him cold 
uh, sacking the quarterback uh, in the first series. In the second series, David, they had a second and seven at the 15-yard line, and Etling uh, passed to the fullback in the flats. And Tim Williams closed on him, and he gained a yard, and he nailed him at the yardstick going out of bounds. And on that play, him and Ryan Anderson were just standing up at the line at the edge of the line of scrimmage. He quickly just went. Obviously, he had a speed mismatch on the fullback, right? But he just very cleanly went out in the flats, picked up his guy, nailed him for a one-yard perfect tackle. And um, I was sitting there saying, "Man, the last play he was in, he sacked the quarterback. Now he's sitting there and 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 able to do that kind of crap out there in the flats." I mean. That that's how they mask it is right. is that they got they got the Tim Williams and the Ryan Anderson guys who can who can who are starting to be able to um, hold the point of attack. I felt like Tim Williams was holding the point of attack better against the run on the edges in this ball game. Um, were you surprised that we didn't see while while we did see some Anthony Jennings? Were you surprised we didn't see any of the other names? Uh, that you know that you know you talked about them kind of uh, shortening the bench. Uh, I think that affected seeing Christian Miller and Keith Holcomb, and we barely saw Rashawn Evans. Yeah, and uh, you know we're looking at a team here in LSU that I don't think they got a first down in the second half. So you think about three and outs, and then and that's about the time Alabama started to to really put put some drives together. There almost wasn't a need. There, there was not a need to, to rotate guys. And so you think, well, maybe when they get a first down, we'll give some guys a blow. Or maybe, you know, if they get to, you know, seven, eight plays in a drive, then we need to start rotating some guys in. But when you got three and out, three and out, three and out, and Alabama's pos- and, and our offense is possessing the ball, then everyone stays fresh. And, and, and there becomes a multiplier effect as well because, you know, our guys are fresh and, and, you know, they're fresh because of the limited number of plays. And then we're keeping them fresh because they keep getting three and outs. And so it's almost like, you know, I don't know. It's almost like they're regenerating themselves. Right. And that, and that's that, I think that factors in too, right. To, to mat the masking is, you know, I can go three downs hard. And then if I don't have to do that for another eight minutes, then I can, I can do three downs hard again. Yes. And then before you know it, oh, I guess I did play the whole game. Yeah, because you didn't put a 14-play drive together on right, me. Right, right. Well, I will tell you that also what really helped in this game, and I think us getting pressure and sacking him so many times early helped in this regard, and I don't have the number in front of me, but there were so many times. I, I will say there were several times that Danny Etling had a very doable third and five, third and yes. six, third and seven. And he just underthrew him, threw it behind him. I mean, j- just to call a spade a spade, we we had a little bit of that. Danny Etling gets a mini game ball for helping us out a little bit <laughs> because because he was eleven of twenty four in this ball game, and, and there were some times that we were able to get our uh, defense off the field just because he had been knocked down so many times uh, when he when he wasn't sacked that I think he he had that clock ticking in his head. No, you're absolutely channeling uh, – you're channeling Gary Danielson and Etling is channeling, you know, Jordan Jefferson, right? Uh, you, 
you know, Danielson went on and on about, you know, Edling's not hitting the easy passes. And, and, and so he, you know, he sort of built his, his case on that as the game went on that, you know, Edling doesn't have to hit, you know, long passes down the field. He doesn't have to be a hero, but he needs to hit those, those short passes, those sort of backyard throws to the guy that's open, the easy ones. If he'll just hit the easy ones, the, you know, LSU will move the chains a little bit, maybe loosen up that defense. And 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 things sort of start can can start to unravel that way, and so you don't need one big, huge play, but just do the little things and let them add up, right? How many times do we do we talk about that? Do we hear Saban talk about that? And it just seemed that he he got a little bit skittish. He was playing the toughest competition he's seen before. He started to hear footprints, you know, a, a la Jordan Jefferson. And then, and then he just he he became unable to execute, and then his numbers demonstrated that. And I guess he gets an honorary game ball because I I, I agree with you. He helped their offense unravel, and he helped manage our lack of depth. <laughs> he did. He did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what else? What else? I got I got one more thing here, but I, or a couple more things. But what else jumped out at you on defense? You know, the biggest thing that jumped out at me, and and I so hate that I couldn't watch this this live because on TV you only get to see what they show you. But uh, Minka is safety. Uh, he appeared to, you know, obviously got the pick, and so everyone's he had a good game because of that. But uh, I, I would have liked to have seen more that you get to see in real life about him, you know, sort of setting up and, and, and those those types of things. But from what – what was but we, but we called it right? We we called it, man. He was the he was the most natural person to to uh, to move into that role. No, he absolutely. You know, we absolutely did, and and uh, you know, I I got a I kind of got aggravated, you know, last week because we recorded the podcast, and then it was around midweek, and you know, and I, I was late getting it posted, and about mid about middle of last week, you know, all the reports started saying, or not last week, but the week prior. All the reports were like, "Oh, what about Mink at this position?" I was like, "Ah, oh, we recorded that two nights ago. <laughs> Get that posted out there." But, uh, but yeah, that's that's you know, we talked through what are some sort of likely scenarios, and I think we both agreed that moving Minka was was you know clearly the far and away the best option, and uh, and and it certainly played out that way. And and again, he appeared to have a really good game. You know, the pick is certainly a nice to have, and that's more a function of of Ryan Anderson getting to the quarterback than anything else. But um, I look forward to watching him live this next week to kind of see uh, more of him in in that position. But I think he acquitted himself well. I don't think Tony played a whole lot at star. I saw him in there a few times. Uh, but uh, I, th- I think we were playing more beef kind of kind of inside, more, more traditional four DBs. But I look forward to seeing those guys sort of in tandem on the field and watching that play, but you got to give hats off to Minka. I mean, he stepped into a, a tough position that Eddie's been playing, and uh, I, I think he did uh, an admirable, admirable job at that position. Well, and it, it helped that we had a bye week. It yes. helped. That oh we, yeah. Oh it yeah. Helped that, Absolutely. It helped that we were playing a quarterback like Etling. Yeah. Right. Let's be fair. Sure. It helped that we played a quarterback that was just eleven of twenty-four for ninety-two yards, versus if we had played Arkansas in this game. Right, if 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 Minka's first game would have been against Arkansas and the way Allen threw the ball against sure. us, you know, um, 
I did see Tony Brown a decent amount because we were in the nickel on, on a good handful of plays. I did like the fact that they said, okay, we're not going to put too much pressure on Hootie. We're going to let Hootie stay coming in in the dime like yeah. he's used to. I like that they said, Tony, we're going to have you come in uh, in the star. And then when we are in the dime, Minka will go back to the star. And so I like that. I like that they, I like that. I like that whenever they needed to, they, they had Hootie and Ronnie. And then I like that they didn't put too much on Tony and too much on Hootie. I'll say it that way. Yeah. And, no, and, and I, I think, you know, and I think that's right. And I think that's sort of the, the, the slice, sort of the slicing, the situational slicing that, that Saban does. He's so good at that. Uh, I think that's exact. Those are perfect examples of that. And, and the other thing I, I want to key here on too is, is that, um, well, I'll, I'll save that comment. What else do you have on defense? I'm ready for mini game ball, but uh, if you've got something else on defense, bring no, it. No, I'll let it be my mini game ball because it'll piss you off that it's my mini game ball. But I was going to say it a second ago, and I said, well, let me hold on. So I'll say it now. All right, um, I, I thought Ronnie Harrison played a hell of a game. And so I'm going to give him my mini game ball. Oh, I knew you were going to pick him. Um, we talked earlier about how we mask things against the run. Well, part of the reason that we are able uh, to do what we can do this year against the run is how physical our our cornerbacks are in, in actually tacking like, like boys tackle, like we were taught to tackle. Uh-huh. Um, but Ronnie Harrison and his comfort level of being in the box, many times I looked at the pre-snap and Reuben Foster was five yards off the ball and Ronnie Harrison was three yards off the ball. It was kind of like uh, front line, Ronnie Harrison, and then Reuben Foster. And so I, I'm sure at one point Reuben Foster should have turned to him and said, dude, get away from me, man. You're making all the plays. Go over there. Go somewhere else. And so his comfort level of just being – just getting up – I mean, I'm sure LSU was just cussing at him because he was just right there up there at the line of scrimmage about two yards off the ball, and he was like that mosquito that bites you. You know that that is just now itching the crap out of you after it's bit you. I just, right. I, I really just thought he played a really good game, and he he took on the role of I've got to do more things in this ball game, and he looked to me like he was comfortable having to accept that challenge. Yeah, I completely agree. And when he lines up in that type of position, it it causes multiple people to take notice. You know, is he gonna is he gonna blitz? And so maybe the linemen start start cheating an eye at him or the tight end or the running back is, you know, is he going to go out in coverage? And so the quarterback's trying to read and, and the receiver, you know, trying to read, you know, what, what the coverage is going to be. And so when he comes up, and especially when he gets that annoyingly close, uh, it creates a lot of opportunity and, and potential confusion about what he's going to do. And he has just elevated his game. He's one of those guys that just – you know, every couple of weeks you say, man, he's just playing better and better and, and better and better. And then, you know, better even on top of that. He's a guy that that, um, you know, it's been it's been really fun to, to watch him play. And, and you talk about the talked about the physicality of the corners. You know, Marlon had, you know, eight tackles. And so that just kind of underscores uh, underscores your point. But I yeah, I really like Ronnie Harrison. and I like what uh, I like his contribution. I think that's a um, I think that's a really good pick. 
I'm going uh, with my mini game ball. I'm going uh, Sean Dion Hamilton, and I'm going with him on a, on a very specific play. And it was another just one of those moments in the game that when it happened, I said that's a candidate, you know, for for this type of this type of play. Midway through, it was literally right at the at the seven and a half minute mark, uh, right around there. So right literally in the middle of the third quarter, it was a first and uh, LSU had a first and ten from the three. And Fournette, you know, I think he had a little spin move in, in the hole and ran for a six-yard gain. And and Hamilton was blocked but was sort of playing, you know, he was either blocked or sort of playing off his blocker. It was hard hard to hard to exactly tell. But Fournette, just as Fournette is about to really break into the, the secondary, uh, Hamilton just sort of dives out from his block and, and makes the tackle. And it's – it's a very nondescript, you know, tackle at the end of a six-yard run. But where they, you know, you think kind of where they are on the field, if they've got some re- receivers kind of running downfield, it's going to kind of stretch out the defense. And if Fournette, you know, steps out of that tackle, then he's alone in the secondary. And, hey, look, he's a loaded gun back there. And so you don't know what he can do. Uh, and so I, I think if if Hamilton doesn't make that tackle, I think that's a big gain and those are the types of big gains that can sort of flip that kind of game. And uh, and I think they ended up going, you know, you know, three and out or, you know, they ended up. They did. And they, they did. And they punted it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So they ended up they ended up punting on that. But that six yard. It was a six yard gain. And he was in the secondary. And even Danielson said, you know, Vernon Danielson kind of even, you know, made a point like, ooh, that looks like one of those where he's getting in. You know, he's about to do it. About to get and, in his groove. Yep. yep. And uh, and and uh, I just thought that was that was the type of play. And again, it sort of gets lo- it got, it's get lost. It gets lost, right? It's a zero zero game, though, right? That could right. Have been- yep. But that that's the that is the kind of play that gets lost. It just you know it's just, you know he oh yeah tackle, but uh, that's the type of tackle sort of filling that hole, fighting off a block, doing something big like that. That uh, that it would have been very easy for him not to be able to do. Um, I just, I think, I just think that's the type of play that uh, that uh, deserves a little bit of a reward, and so my my hats off to, to Deion Hamilton for that. No, very good, man. Well, let's talk some special teams, man. Early in this game, um, with with you know the the lack of both teams to put anything together, um, it was nice to it was nice to be able to have um, it was nice to be able to have you know the leg of a punter that that we have to be able to. You know, JK, JK's first punt was 50 yards, uh, which pinned him in deep, and he comes back the very next time with a 51-yarder. Talk a little bit about special teams. What jumped out at you? Yeah, I mean, every you know, it seems like everything sort of begins begins and ends with JK. I don't know what we're going to do when he when he graduates, uh, man, because we've just been so spoiled. Uh, and, it, and it's sort of a litany of, of things that I thought were really, really nice. You know, Ronnie Harrison had a block, and, you know, Saban talked about sort of a new uh, sort of black uh, block uh, package that uh, that they put in. Um, you know, Keaton Anderson just blew up the running back or, or the punt returner at the three yard line uh, on a play. I, that's that's just one of those plays that helped pin them back, pin them back in. I thought that was uh, that was phenomenal. Um, the return game just from the opening kickoff. You know, our Darius. I love our Darius. You, I mean, you know that. But uh, the opening kickoff, he returns it, you know, from the end zone to the 14. And I think, man, 
thanks for costing us 11 yards on the return. Well, and I'm going to tell you on that play, Dakota Ball was in the middle of that three-person wedge, and he just had a faster guy just go around him. And, yeah. and just, and just, you know, was just able to, to be agile to get around him there. Um, did you see that we had the block in the back, um, on the one punt, uh, on the one punt that we had that that was the gunner position where Tony Brown had been playing? Yeah. So I don't know if you noticed, but with Tony Brown being asked to play on defense, they didn't keep him at gunner. They brought somebody else in yeah. uh, who had not played that position. Yeah, Aaron Maben was it? Yeah, and so he's the one that got the uh, block in the back there. Yeah. That was a big penalty. No, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good sight that uh, that that was Tony normally there, but we had him focusing on uh, something else. That's a good call. Well, talk uh, about talk about Diggs, man. Um, that was um, we we missed Eddie back there on punt returns. There was that one fair catch that it looked to me like he he just misjudged it, and then he wasn't comfortable running around the guys. I mean, he, he's got to know that you put your hand up. They got to give you space and get away from you, and you got to recover that ball. You can't give up 18 yards of field position there. Yeah, I just think he doesn't feel he he doesn't look like he feels comfortable there. And so I don't want to say that he doesn't. It's just from my, from my appearance, right? It he he doesn't look like he's fully comfortable back there, um, and I you know, and so Eddie just seems so naturally relaxed and comfortable back there. He just you know, like he was a senior, right? I mean, Diggs is a true yeah, freshman, yeah. but definitely that was a big play because they got the ball. We started at the two yard line. Yeah, yeah, and so and 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 you know, it's a good point, right? I mean, Cyrus looked very comfortable back there last year. Oh yeah, he was a senior too, and so there is something to that. There absolutely is something to that, um, you know. And so you know, Diggs is going to be a phenomenal player. So you know, listen, you know, I don't want to go down that road, uh, but he just. He seems less than fully comfortable, and so that's just you know now now he's 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 filled in some punts in Death Valley, right? I mean, not everyone has that on their resume, and so maybe he's going to start to get comfortable here pretty quick. But uh, what I saw on Saturday, he just didn't seem fully comfortable. Um, no, absolutely. Well, do we? Is this where we also have to have the um, we have to have the uh, the field goal section, right? Do we do we have to talk about field goals here? I, well, I, I was going to say something along the same lines. I, I guess we got to circle back and and uh, and have it was what you said, dude. He, he missed a forty-two and he made a twenty-five yarder. Yeah, I mean the only the only thing that would have been the only thing that would have sort of been more characteristic is if you had reversed those. Um, and and he only had three kickoffs, which two were touchbacks. Yeah. But it's not like his leg was tired. No, I, you know, I just, I, I hate it for him because, man, I just like the kid so much. Um, but when he missed that one, I just, it was kind of flashbacks to a couple years ago. And it's, you know, in a game like this where you just know points are going to be at a premium, wouldn't it have been so nice to have scored, you know, even just a field goal, uh, to have scored earlier in the game? And, and what sort of ripple effect, you know, does that have, does that have? Um, just kind of gnawing at the other team that they're knowing that they're playing from behind, uh, as opposed to you know it's a zero game. It, you know, somebody could score on any given play, either side of the ball. You know, and so if if you if you're playing from behind, then you know maybe there, there's a psychological burden there that comes with that. And so I you know I don't know, but God, it's one of those games where you know we hope a miss doesn't cost the team. 
And this is a game that feels like maybe it could have. And, and we don't. We hope that there's not one that's left on our schedule, right? Oh, sure. That, yeah. Mean, goodness I, gracious. Yeah. So that just um, seems like the missing cog in the wheel right now, right? That seems like the part of the fine lube machine that is that's the you know that's that's got a miss on the, in the engine there. Yeah. So, if you had an automatic back there, and, and automatic kind of being a relative term, but I mean, if you had and you you know look at the teams that have just you know killer kickers. You know, Auburn's got a really good kicker. And you think if, he, if you know, what what a weapon, what an arsenal that would be in addition to what we already have. if we have With our defense, sure. Out there with a high degree of confidence that he's going to make, you know, everything you put in front of him. You know, that talk about, you know, the 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 fatigue that that could put on an opposing uh, an opposing team. I mean, hell, to look at LSU, they lost to Auburn on nothing but field goals. No, that's so, true. You know, literally they have experienced it. And so what if we had a kicker that could, you know, from from distance could put us up three, six, you know, on a team like LSU that has lost that way? You can't convince me that they wouldn't have had flashbacks. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, well, tell me, tell me as we uh, as we flip the page here, uh, what do you what do you think happens this week when uh, the Bulldogs come to town? Yeah, you know what? I, I I think that's interesting. I you know, you know, Texas A&M was ranked number 4 and they were probably beat by um you know, by Mississippi State. And so, you know, there's a little bit of sort of sort of witch's brew going here. I think that I think the Alabama team is subject to maybe a little bit of a letdown uh after this game. Fortunately, only 51 defensive snaps. We've seen where, you know, 80s have cost us before. And so, you know, you say, well, does Alabama have a little bit of a letdown? Does Mississippi State, do they have a little bit of hangover from beating A&M, or does this invigorate them and give them life? I don't know. Um, I, I think probably more the more the former than, than the latter. Uh, I think we probably have a little bit of letdown. I think they actually have a little bit of sort of uh, a little bit of hangover. Um, I don't like the early kick. Um, that just doesn't seem to bode well for – the Alabama teams, they don't sort of wake up until the second second quarter. I think it's a, I think it's a it's a um, I think it's a slop fest, and um, I think it's a twenty eight thirteen. I think I think Alabama wins, but it's just a it's one of those games where Saban gets mad because you know people have expectations and you know it's hard to win in the SEC and the SEC West and. You know all that kind of stuff. I just think it's one of those saving on Tuesday. He just unleashes. Uh, I, I see it as a twenty-eight thirteen style game. Well, you know this is a team that played LSU very tough early in the season. You know, only lost twenty-one to nineteen. Yeah. Um, you know, at Auburn, right? I mean, at Auburn, this team was. You know, I mean, to your point, right? They, uh, they, they, they literally. Um, they're they are. They are a ball club, I think, that has a lot of success running the ball. Yeah. Um, I think Texas A&M is a team that has shown us that they don't play well against the run, and we saw that when we played them. So I think some of that outcome against Texas A&M last week in that seven-point win had more to do with it was a good matchup for Mississippi State. Well, They, really they run the ball well, and Texas A&M doesn't play – against the run well at all. Yeah, and, and I think that was another early game, and I think that A&M probably thought that, uh, that they could just roll their helmets out there and win, 
And uh, the Mississippi State quarterback, Mitzfit, uh, Nick Fitzpatrick, I've seen him look really, really bad. Uh, and against A&M, he actually looked, you know, pretty good. He had 209 passing, but, uh, you know, but he had a buck 82 rushing. And so there's your rushing, rushing and there's your sort of your, you know, guy, I hate to use the term dual threat quarterback because it's not like this guy's that good. But, um, but those are solid numbers against what we thought was, you know, a pretty decent A&M team. So I think he's someone that we've got to watch out for. Um, I, you know, if he thinks, you know, he's the best thing since sliced bread, then I think he'll probably get mowed in half on Saturday. But, uh, um, you know, I guess we'll, I guess we'll have to see, but I, I you know, I still think that, uh, I still think it's, it's, you know, I, I think it's a lower sort of unattractive score. You know, the opening, opening line is 29 and I wouldn't touch that with a stick. Well, I, I will tell you though, man, because Texas and AM cannot play the run, and we can, um, and because we have shown the ability to now kind of learn how to handle these mobile quarterbacks, um, I think Mississippi State's going to come in early expecting to have success, and they're not going to. Um, and I think it's going to take us a little while to get going because of the 11 a.m. kickoff. But um, I don't think this is going to be as close as, as you have here. I, I think this is going to be something like the 34-7 variety. Um, okay. I think we're going to come close to covering. We're not going to cover. Um, but um, I think we're going to kind of pour it on, you know, after about the second quarter, and this team's going to be behind the chains, and they're going to have to throw the ball, and he's not going to be able to, he's not going to be able to run. He's going to have to throw the ball, and um, and he's going to kind of do like Danny Etling, and he's not going to be able to deliver. Well, you know, and as I find myself often saying in this space, I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so I. I think we're going to get the game to where we want it, where he will not be able to win with his legs. I'll say it that way. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, I want to take us off script a little bit, and uh, we got another uh, five star review in the last um, in the last couple of weeks, and uh, I, I, this is dated November first. So in the last uh, in the last week, so it looks like it's a CSR nickname one two three four. And uh, uh, excellent uh, five-star rating in iTunes. Excellent for Bama fans everywhere. Uh, up here in Boston, uh, there's not much college football t- talk, never mind SEC, and definitely no Tide talk. So I greatly appreciate this podcast, not only as it helped me follow the team from afar, but it makes me a more intelligent and attentive fan. Keep up the great works guy, uh, work, guys, and, and roll Tide. Hey, that's pretty flattering. I like that. What do you say? Absolutely, man. Roll Tide. We appreciate you listening, and uh, thanks for the nice feedback. Absolutely. We greatly appreciate it. Not only is it like a little self-indulgent sort of ego boosting, but uh, which, you know, there's something to that. But, uh, you know, the reviews on iTunes certainly help us with uh, the rankings, and so we absolutely do appreciate that. If you're not a big uh, sort of iTunes guy uh, or gal and uh, you listen to us straight off the, uh, the Bama Hammer website, then uh, leave a note there. Let our editors know that you like us, and uh, uh, we'd certainly appreciate that as well. But, uh, hey, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Thanks for listening, and roll tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook. Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to 
your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Aye. Of course. Roll Tide. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.